You are listening to the People-Centric Podcast, where we talk through the toughest challenges that people face at work and give practical advice to fixing those challenges. Thanks for joining our movement to create workplaces that are happier, healthier, aligned, and empowered by putting people at the center of all that we do. Hey, people-centric leaders. It's a brand new year, like it's near the beginning of the year anyway. I know it's not like the first week of the year, if you're listening to this, because it's not even the first week of the year while we're recording this, but you're probably thinking about what do I need to do to be really successful moving forward. And today we want to talk about leaps that sometimes we have to take. Sometimes we know a lot of people, you can be very cautious about how you move forward. And we're, we're look, we're fans of being cautious. We're fans of being ready for things that you do, working up healthy growth inside of a company, healthy growth inside of individuals, taking steps that are reasonable, those types of things. But every once in a while, Every once in a while, it's important to take a leap of faith and to be able to jump and feel like you're going to land on the other side. And I'll give some examples. Like I was on a nonprofit organization. If you're in Springfield, this is not going to be a secret. It's Leadership Springfield. And at one point, we took a step back and said we had we had one and a half staff members at that time, and we had really big plans and thoughts for the organization. But those one and a half staff members were absolutely covered up in the work that they were doing and couldn't really do any more. And so who's going to work on these changes that needed to be made? So our board said, you know, really, we probably need three full-time staff members to do all the things we need. But the problem was the we didn't have the revenue to pay for three full-time staff members. So what do we do? Well, what we did for quite a while was we were just stuck. We just said it would be nice to be able to get out of there, but how do we work ourselves into that position? But finally, we decided it was time to take a leap. And so we planned and we thought about it and we ended up hiring an executive director. Carrie, if you're listening, welcome. Welcome to the podcast here uh, as a listener. But Carrie, she came in and she hired two more full-time people. We They immediately knew when they came in what they needed to do in terms of the revenue for the organization, how they needed to grow that, how they needed to build, build value overall. And they did those things and more. And now that staff has actually grown. They're well past three people now. And they have expanded their mission. They've done more more things. So, I mean, just so much success, but it's scary, right? Because if they weren't successful, they might fail. So we're going to talk a little bit about taking a leap. This might be as an organization. This might be as an individual. Maybe it's you're thinking about taking a job that you weren't ready for or an assignment that you might not think you're ready for. Or maybe you're a company and you feel like you're kind of stuck. Like we don't have the people to do that thing. Uh, and you might say, okay, maybe 2023 is going to be a leap year, even though it's not a leap year for us to take a leap and to do what we want to do. So we have our awesome team with us here today. Matt's out on the road. So if you came, if this, if you were hoping for a Matt Griswold episode, this is not a Matt Griswold episode. He is out on the road today. Um, but I don't think anybody was worried about that. Diana, you just made a, you made a face when I said, is this a Matt know. Griswold I just, episode? You know, like if you're hoping for a Matt Griswold episode, like just go look at his Facebook, you know, just go. He's got dozens of videos on there. He'd provide you with his cell phone number. He would love. Oh my gosh. You're right. Yeah. He practically that. live streams his life. And I don't mean that as a, a slam. It just, he loves, he loves the interaction and the engagement. So find yeah. him online. There you yeah, go. So, See, so go- we solved it. So go reach out to Matt Griswold on social media and he will definitely be your friend. And then you can have more Matt Griswold in your life. So if you're missing Matt today, uh, but but you've got plenty of Diana, we got Diana with us today. 
We've also got Stephanie here today. Stephanie. Hello, everyone. Just like everybody hear your voice, just so that they recognize everybody. If you're not <laughs> watching us on video, is it, are you going to make an air horn noise? You want to try it? No, thank you. Okay, clear. I can do that. <laughs> there we go. Here's Stephanie. And then we also I'm have so Bethany. I'm glad Ta- that she was like, didn't fall into the trap of, I have to now do this. That was good. Good job, Stephanie. There was a pause. It made me feel good about our culture. I was like, apparently we are a good safe place because I just asked you to make an air horn noise and you were like, no, I'm not going to do that. I just, I know my vocal gifts and the air horn noise is not one of them. So We're gonna I don't do want to damage, I don't want to damage my vocal cords. These are a delicate instrument. <laughs> yeah. Unlike mine where apparently I could do air horns all day long and not damage anything. I get it. I yeah, hear what you're saying. You're, you're special. The lower yeah. register, it's different, I think. Uh, 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 that's a lower. That was that's a, lower a, that's a fog horn. Oh. We don't have a sound effects department at People Centric yet, but we're going to we'll be adding that. Shockingly, so we take don't. Take a leap and maybe hire somebody for that. That's, Bethany, are you ready for a sound effects person on the engagement team? No, I'm not quite there yet, but maybe if they work for free, then we could do it. So. Okay. <laughs> that's not exactly a leap. That's charity. What yeah. you just asked for there. Well, but see, that's a question I think people have is like, how do you take a leap if you don't have money? Like, do people work for free or what? So we might, we should probably talk about that. Just saying. Well, that is a good one. Maybe that's a good spot to start with because I do know people who say like, I want to get into this career. I don't really have the connection to get into the career other than maybe I find like a free internship or maybe it's a temporary internship or maybe it's an opportunity that's fewer dollars an hour than I was hoping to be able to get. And so maybe that's the leap. So, I mean, first of all, let's talk about the obvious piece of that is like in that example, what's scary about taking that kind of a leap? Why would we maybe not take that kind of a leap? Because everyone likes food, you know, like you just gotta gotta have food on the table, a roof over your head, just like very basic needs, you know? I'd agree. I generally like to be able to pay my bills. And so I think that's like the great fear when you hear maybe your organization talking about that or your owner or your boss and you're like, but what if, what if it doesn't work out? And then are we all going to have to take pay cuts or be out of a job or what's going to happen to me? Ah, there's my sound effect for the day. Thank you. You made it up. Added it. You got, we got adding the points back onto your card there, Stephanie, for today. Thank you. I'll add stickers to my chart later. I think we're bringing up a really good point here. So like if you're taking a leap, like you're thinking about going to take a job for less than what you were hoping to be able to make to jump into it, it can't be the leap has to be a manageable leap, right? You can't stand on one side of the Grand Canyon and look at the other side and say, I'm going to take this leap and then go get a running jump and you're going to land on the bottom of the canyon and you're going to die. So it has to be a reasonable leap. So it's not, you have to be able to look at it and say, could I survive for a while? And is it a reasonable time frame? For me to take on this position. I know, I, I think I can say this. I'm going to take a little bit of a leap risk here. Like Bethany Bishop from our team uh, wanted to get into healthcare, right? So she was working on her master's degree of healthcare and she went and took on an internship with another company. I hope you're listening, Bethany. And she, she knew she was, we talked a lot about it because it was a summer internship, essentially working for there. She's got a lot of experience, a lot of education, brought a lot to the table. And she just kind of went out there saying, I'm going to crush this. And then I know I may have to go find something else living in another city, uh, but I'll figure that out when I get there. But she believed in herself doing that and she did crush it and promoted into a management position fairly quickly there within that company and has been wildly successful in that healthcare field. 
So sometimes you have to be able to do that. But I know Bethany before she did that, Bethany Bishop before she did that, not Bethany Taft, just confused. We have two different Bethany's we're talking about. Uh, she thought hard about what could she do over that summer, right? I know there was a lot of thinking about preparing for that leap, that jump. Let's talk about other kinds of leaps that people might take. What are some other types of leaps that people might take? And then why are we afraid to take those leaps? What are some other examples? Well, you were just talking about it within companies. So, I mean, that you're talking first specifically about individuals and leaps that you could take or switching to different industries. And that can be really difficult. And then, but, but I think before you started off with the example of like leadership Springfield. And so I think that's another leap that we've talked about is when do companies decide that they're ready to grow? We talked a few weeks ago, it feel, I think it was about what it could look like to grow within your organization and just kind of affirming for people that like, it's really hard. And here's some of the good things and here's some of the hard things about growth. But before you even get there, how do you decide as an organization that like you're ready to go ahead and make that leap? And how do you have those discussions, I think, is another big one. I think that's a fantastic example. So you're a company and you're thinking, I can make this jump. I've got a vision for a new product or a vision for something that's out there, but I don't have the current team to do that. Should I hire, When should I hire on some people? take on that responsibility, some expenses, knowing I'm dying when I do that. And I have to get the revenue to be able to overcome that. So let's talk about that process. What are some tips that maybe we would have for organizations that are maybe making, thinking about making that leap? Knowing, by the way, that if you're listening to this, and I, I've talked to enough businesses this year, as particularly, this is why we're doing this as a theme. A lot of things, by the way, a lot of the episodes that you hear are things that we are taking with you from real clients and interactions that we have. And we notice that there's themes talking to clients. And this is one of the things we've seen this year is there's businesses that's like, man, I don't have the people to do that. So I can't do that. Or I don't have the revenue to have the people to be able to go do that. So I can't do that. And we're saying, actually, there is an approach where you could do it and then kind of hope the revenue comes or plan for the revenue to come. You know, so whenever we've made that transition, how do we do that beyond hope? Like, how do we make sure that if we're taking the leap, it's a good leap? I think it's planning for the revenue, not hoping for it. <laughs> but yeah, of like actually like having having a really clear plan and a timeline for like we're taking a risk and what's going to be the time period that we're going to give ourselves to see if this works and making sure we have clear measurables along the way of like how will we track and know if this is working or not beyond like we feel good about it or we don't feel good about it. And I think that's a common pitfall that organizations can do. They decide to grow, they're going to do this, but then they don't have those clear measurables and checkpoints along the way. They don't have an end date where they're like, okay, we're going to reevaluate this. Is it once a month, once a quarter, once a year to make sure that they were actually tracking toward what we want and, and going ahead and thinking through a lot of those scenarios. Like, okay, if we get to this point, and we're behind where we want to be, then what we, what would we do and kind of go ahead and like ask some of those questions on the upfront. And then, so that way, when you get to that point, you know, cause you're going to be in the thick of growth, you don't have to think of those questions. You can just then be like, oh, okay, what's the answer then here? And how do we want to move forward? Or did we hit a point where we're like, Hey, maybe this isn't as feasible as we thought. And we're not willing to put people's jobs on the line. So we need to change course or, Hey, we're tracking and this looks really good. So let's keep moving forward with the plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think one of the I think this happens whenever companies just get to a point, kind of like Don was saying is where you just 
there's a point where they get really busy, or it's maybe just a, you know, individual entrepreneur who's really, really busy. They've gotten enough clients or they've gotten enough work and trying to make the decision, like there's sort of two directions you can go with it. You can either say, okay, I, I'm really busy. There's high demand. I need to hire so that I can continue to maintain the client load I have or the work that I have and probably continue to grow that so that we still make money and we're not just like evening out. Or I probably need to cut back and say, no, I'm not going to take any more work. And that's just a decision I think all all businesses have to make at a certain point. Um, if they're doing well and the, the demand is there, is just identifying like, what do you want here ultimately? Like, do you want to grow and do you want to continue to like meet that demand and add people to your team, which adds a whole nother dynamic to the team? It's it's you're managing a lot more people and there's a lot more involved with that and there's more expenses. Or do you want to just say, you know what, I kind of like the level that I'm working at and I'm really happy with that. And so maybe I just need to say like, I can't take even any more work and I probably need to like nick some of what I have and maybe just find partners that I can like refer to. So I think there's two different directions that people have to go. And, and I think if you're in that position, it's like both of those options are really good and you don't always have to grow. I think that we always, I mean, we see really good things in that, but you have to weigh those two options and what, and decide like, what do you really want um, when you get to that point? I love that thought of stopping to say, just because it's an opportunity and it might work, doesn't mean you should do it. You should ask yourself, do you really want to do that? I remember when I was in the, when I was still working as an engineer, I was up in uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, and I visited my first Chipotle and this was early in Chipotle's history. And there was nothing like it in Springfield at that time. There was nothing like it. And I thought, oh my gosh, like a burrito place would kill it in Springfield. It would be amazing here in Springfield. And this is before Springfield got Qdoba or Chipotle. And so I started running down the road of saying like, should I open a Chipotle franchise in Springfield and got somewhat down the road. And then a really good friend of mine, Rob, Rob, if you're listening, thank you so much for this conversation said, I didn't know you wanted to run a restaurant. And it really hadn't occurred to me. I was so stuck on, is that a good idea? And would that take off in Springfield? Which by the way, later showed the answer would be yes, because both are doing quite well here in Springfield and have for a long time. They both opened up years down the road a little bit. But the idea of like, do I want to run a restaurant? Do I want to be the person that's always, you know, running a restaurant means you're at the restaurant a lot. Do I want to spend my day there at the restaurant, running all of the different roles that you run inside of a restaurant, all the things at a restaurant? I'm like, no, actually, I don't want to run a restaurant. It just seemed like a really good concept. And it was. So I like that starting with the why, you know, do you really want to do that? I think that's a great question for yourself. And then if you do, it's also a driver for making that leap. I will add that you're still very passionate about burritos. Sorry, say that again, Diana. You cut off for a second. Oh, I will add that you're still very passionate about burritos, you know? I think everyone is. (laughs) Are people not passionate about burritos? Bethany, did you just say you're not passionate about burritos? I don't know. I think I was saying I agree that everybody, if inside just a little bit, like they have to admit there's a little bit of passion for burritos or something in that same vein, you know? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. But I like what you said with that, Don, and what everyone was saying of kind of like, it's like you have to balance the business and the lifestyle. 
that you want, or if you're an employee, the job and the lifestyle that you actually want here, because I could feel passionate about burritos, but to Don's point, exactly. Like that doesn't mean that I want the lifestyle of a franchise owner or a restaurant owner. You kind of have to think about what that really looks like. And I know I've done that self-reflection a lot in my career as I looked at different jobs that I could have or ways I wanted to grow within the companies that I was at. And sometimes other people's jobs look really shiny and fun. Um, but then when you start getting into them, you realize like, oh yeah, like I kind of like the mountaintop moments of this job and probably not a lot of the, the day to day. And so that's probably not really like the lifestyle or the workflow that I want to do. And so I have to think about that even for myself of like, okay, when I, am I going to take this leap? And is it to figure that out or have I maybe already figured that out? And I need to think about that before I jump into something. Yeah, that's a great point. We try to do that when we interview. Sometimes people listen to these podcasts and get really excited. And then when we're hiring as a team, they're like, oh, I want to join that team. That sounds so much fun on the podcast. And then we'll talk a little bit about what sometimes the day-to-day -day really is like. So you have to be realistic about the leap that you're about to take. It's not always whatever the leap is, if it's for a big promotion or a big project, or you're going to grow your team or all those things, you have to be realistic about what that journey is going to cost you. It's going to be something I can remember. I mean, I took a huge leap leaving the engineering job to start a company that didn't exist and left. I mean, I was, we were doing great. Like I'm a senior level engineer at 3M and I'm in my early thirties and got a great future. All this. I remember, I remember the pastor of our church, when I announced that we were going to leave, he called me into his office and he said, do I need to pray for you? And I remember thinking yes. like, yes, sure, yeah, that'd be yeah. great. I appreciate it. Like, I'm not going to say no, but he was worried. He's like, are you going through some kind of midlife crisis right now? Like what's happening? And I, I do drive a Honda Accord. So maybe, maybe it's that kind of thing. But I I also had to recognize when, uh, when, when my wife and I talked about that jump, we also talked about like, what would that mean? You know, what would that look like? And it goes back to what Stephanie, you talked about before as I think you have to plan it and more than just plan. It. And I think if we could do it again, if we went back and did it again, we would have planned more. I think we would have done what you talked about. I think we would have sat down and done it on paper. It's easy to sit down and kind of give yourself a motivational speech whenever you're about to make a, a leap like that and say, no, it's going to be fine. We're going to make it work and we can take less pay and all this other kind of stuff. But I think you have to do it on paper to show yourself, what does that really mean for yourself? Because I, I mean, agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I look at like le different leaps I've made in my life and earlier in my career. I mean, I made a leap and worked for a startup and took a big pay cut to go work for that company. And, you know, it, it, ended up working out in some ways, but in not in other ways. And I think for myself, I looked at it and I was like, kind of, you know, gave myself that motivational speech of like, you know what you can do and you can come in and you can really help this company grow. And I did, but then I didn't also really think about in some ways, like, what that also meant and how painful that was for my life, my finances. And I wasn't going to be able to work towards some of the other goals that I had for a while, how many hours I was going to have to put in to make that happen. And make the company grow and successful. I didn't think about that. Probably my role for the startup had a really clear exit date. Um, that was something that I didn't think about. Like as we were growing, like, oh yeah, if I'm going to stay with this company long-term, then my role will completely change after these two years. And we help this startup run and, and thinking about some of that. So then, you know, later on in life, when my husband and I started our small business that my husband primarily operates, um, we did a lot more thinking about it. And we did put things on paper of like, okay, if we're going to take this leap and we know that's probably going to mean an initial loss of income for us in some respect, 
let's make sure we've charted this out and mapped it out and set some clear guideposts for ourselves on this journey. And we know maybe what that next phase of business looks like. We've thought a little bit more ahead instead of just getting so excited about doing it that you're like, yes, we can do anything. And I am my own hype girl in a lot of ways. And so I'm like, don't tell me I can't do it. Cause sure I can, but like really sitting down and thinking a lot more about it and, and kind of putting pen to paper. And what I'll say is like, I kind of naturally do that. I love a good spreadsheet. Anyone in my life can tell you that I plan even my vacations via spreadsheet. This is a fun thing for me to do, but if you're not that way, you probably know someone in your life who you could trust to have this conversation with that would be willing to help you kind of map some of this out, or who would at least be willing to kind of ask you some of the questions that you probably should be asking yourself. So if the idea of like mapping this out sounds really horrible to you for your business or your personal life, like there are resources, there are people who actually love doing this kind of thing like us who would love to help you with it. I love that. So it's kind of funny because we talked at the beginning a little bit about almost encouraging people. Like sometimes you got to take that leap. So go ahead and take that leap. You know what that leap is. Go back to school and go do the thing that you want to do. Switch the careers. Take the job that you're going to get a little bit less money for to take that leap. Start acting like you're in the new position that you want to get into, you know, as a company. Go hire the people that you need to be able to be successful. Be willing to pay them a little bit more, you know, to get to whatever the things are that the leap is that you're thinking about. We started off talking about how you should go ahead and do it. Like almost like we're encouraging you to do it. And then we said, look at it before you jump. And if you think about it, like if it's literally like a leap and you're sitting here looking at the cows and going, I'm not sure if I can make this, is the planning part, like, are we saying confront the fear or are we saying like, don't confront the fear piece? Like what if the planning shows us that we shouldn't make the jump? To me, (laughs) maybe I'm less of a risk taker in this way. To me, if the planning shows you that you shouldn't take the leap, then don't do it. (laughs) So, you know, we were talking about it like, like we're pretty sure, you know, I think if you sit down and you kind of like, like Stephanie said, like earlier, don't just hope that that things will happen or that you're going to make more money. Like, no, make a plan to make it happen. And then if there if if that's not going to work at a certain point, like make sure you're checking in and you sort of have like an exit strategy for whatever this thing is so that you don't just completely suffer. So no, we're not saying that. Like don't, don't, don't take leaps at all costs. I think that there's times where like, I wanted to take a leap and say, you know, before I came to people centric, there was jobs that I was looking into. Maybe I kind of wanted to go into like, the nonprofit world. And I thought this would be great and so meaningful. (laughs) And I did, I did have, you know, some opportunities to potentially do that. But then I identified, I was like, I don't think I can take that leap as much as I think the work here is really beautiful. And they're doing such good things. I was like, I have a family to take care of and like the schedule and the the money, like it's just not going to make sense. And so I had to look at that and say like, am I going to be able to make that jump? And the answer was no, it wasn't going to be good for me and for my lifestyle and for my family. And I think that's true in a lot of different areas. Like don't like be realistic about it too. We're not saying like take take the leap and don't have any understanding of like what's on the other side of it. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a risk taker guys. I don't know if you know this about me, but I am not a risk taker. I don't risk anything really. So when I look at leaps, I also sort of consider how much control do I have in the leap? 
Am I going to be able to help make it successful? Are there things that I can do to ensure that the leap will go well once I'm over on the other side? Um, and I think the more control you have in that leap, the better you are. So if it's, I want this new position, it's what are you going to do to make that position successful? If it's, I want more money, it's going to be, how do you work the way that you need to work to get that promotion, to get that more money? So I think you also have to kind of consider, like you were saying, Bethany, make the plan and then consider what you're going to have to do to make it work because just the leap itself probably isn't enough. Now you may be able to shorten the gap in the leap that you're about to take by doing some planning, right? It may be the leap of, okay, I'm, I'm going to take this leap and it's 30 feet across. You're probably not going to make it, but with some planning, maybe you can make the leap three feet across and make it very, very manageable. I am now understanding I am a risk taker because hearing you guys talk. <laughs> I mean, I think I knew that about myself, but that's right. I would say like, yes, do the planning, but also like for me, I, I will kind of calculate like the cost of failure in my mind, because I also recognize like as capable as I think I am, I'm probably not going to get it right. A hundred percent of the time. And sometimes, and, I, and that's where it's just for me, I'm willing to fail a little bit, um, and take some leaps and maybe like learn a hard lesson, if that makes sense. And I know that those, that type of language makes a lot of people really squirmy right now, but if you understand where I'm at in my brain, <laughs> what I mean, I'll, I'll explain of like, I have, I've made leaps before that sometimes really probably didn't make a lot of sense, especially from the outside looking in, or even when I put it on paper, it was like, Ooh, I don't know if this is what you should do. Like, this is probably not the most like prudent decision you could make, but I would sit and think about it of like, number one, like operating on like some gut instinct, or if you are a spiritual person of like, how much do I really feel like this is what I, I should be doing and what I'm supposed to be doing? Because I think we can't ignore that sometimes of like, sometimes like maybe you just do need to try it and either you're going to try it and it's going to work, or you're going to try it and frankly, kind of get that thought out of your system and be able to move on to something else. And then what is that cost of failure? And I think sometimes that for me, like the true gut check of like, I know I can work hard and I know I could be successful at almost anything that I wanted to be, but what's the cost of failure here? Like, I think, yes, there's true financial costs, but then also like to my, my mental health, to my family, to the relationships, like even broadly to my community. Like if I did this and it, it failed, what does that actually mean? And am I willing to take some of those risks? So I have to kind of like play to my own emotional appeals sometimes because I am more willing to take a risk. So again, I, I think I agree with everyone. I'm like, don't go into it completely blindly. Like, even if you are a risk taker, don't just go into it blindly because then you have no idea really what the consequences are, but you also really have no idea what the good outcomes could be if you haven't sat down and planned for that. Yeah. I love, I love that. that. I will add that I took a risk about 10 years ago to join this tiny team called people centric. And it was to me, it was a big risk because I was, you know, joining this unestablished company and it just felt weird. And I was coming from a very established company. They've been around for like 50 years and worked all over the country and all these things. So it felt unsafe, but part of the reason I did it was sort of to what you were saying, Stephanie, it was, am I going to be happy? And is there something to the, this is really where I want to be. This is the direction I want to go. Is there something to say for happiness and fulfillment? And while it wasn't the safe choice, 
it was calculated. I did plan it. I did recognize that I had some control in how successful this could be and that that my happiness meant a lot. You know, my happiness, my sanity, my ability to have a good work-life balance, all of those things meant something. So the risk was calculated. I think that's like the word I'm going to use. I planned it. It was a calculated risk. And the risk of failure, to your point also, I just go get another job, right? Like, it's okay. If I failed, I could just go get another job. Yeah. I think that there's also, even when you have a plan, you can also be really nervous about it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Even if it's like, well, the numbers look right, or like, we have a really good plan. Like, it's okay. I think sometimes, like, you can still feel nervous about that. And that's okay too. That doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. That just means like, no, I think like, you know, that you're taking a leap and you, and it's still, I mean, it's still risky. There's lots of outside factors that could impact what, what the plan actually does. Um, So know that like in any situation, things can change even with a really good plan. So I I don't know, just wanted to add that too. Yeah. I'll add like, I, there were moments where I looked at it and I was like, did I make the mistake? Did I make a mistake? Right. There's this really awesome scene in the office. One of they, they break off and they start a new paper company. And Michael Scott comes out to his receptionist who had taken a leap and became a salesperson. And she's freaking out. And is like, we've made a mistake. And he just looked at her and was like, you made this choice. You, there's no other options. Now you can't go back to your old job. You took the leap. Now you got to follow through with it, Kudo. Like, that's what you got to do. And I think there are a lot of moments where I was like, oh, no, did I make a mistake? And then I remembered, like, I just, I got to follow through with this. I got to follow through with it. I got to, I took the leap. It's uncomfortable. I am nervous about it, but here we are. This is what I got to do now. So I, I like agree with you. Just, it is uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah. I, I like what both of you just said too, of like, pro for taking the leap, you will probably never not feel scared about it. You will never feel 100%. And I think that's something that one of my professional coaches told me once she was like, you'll never feel a hundred percent. So what's an acceptable percentage for you? Like, would you do it if you felt 70% sure? Would you do it if you felt 60% sure? And so like, for me, it was like, oh, I think my number is probably like 80%. If I feel 80% good about it, then I should probably do it. And so thinking about that of like, you will do it scared, (laughs) you know, like, I don't think anyone ever feels hundred percent confident. And to be frank, if you probably feel hundred percent confident, maybe you should, that should be your gut check moment of like, maybe I should ask myself a few more questions before I do this. Um, but also for those of us who do everything scared, like one of my favorite quotes, it's actually behind me, that kind of rainbowy colored one. Nelson Mandela, it's may your hope, may your choices reflect your hopes and not your fears. So do things that make you proud, but also know you're going to do it probably freaking out sometimes and a little bit scared. Uh, use, use the hope to power the leap, but not to guide it, right? I think that's kind of the message overall here. That was powerful. That was good, right? That was good. Yeah. It's a good quote. We're going to take that. So let's summarize this a little bit. So, you know, if you're thinking about that leap, if there's something that's out there, we're saying don't just go do it or don't just not do it. First of all, gut check it. Is it really something that you want to do or is it just an opportunity that's out there that you're thinking, okay, is it it really going to make your life better? A lot of people think that if they leave their current job, they're going to jump to a new job and everything's going to be a lot better. You know, be realistic about that. If you have left five jobs in a row and they've all been miserable for you, 
we've talked about this before, is probably something you're doing and the sixth one's probably also not going to work very well unless you can come to terms with yourself and do it differently. So maybe make number five better. And then before you jump to number six, just throwing that out there, uh, but gut check that and then leap on paper, right? Come up with a plan. Don't just do the jump. Think about what that's going to look like and really do it on paper. Like really, I don't you know, I, I would do a spreadsheet. I'm with Stephanie on that, but sometimes it's just write it down. Like really think about what that's going to mean. What's that going to look like? Think about contingencies. What if this happens? What if this doesn't happen as much as we thought? What's plan B going to look like? What's plan C so that you make sure you can land on the other side? Um, we've talked about you want to make sure that you confront the failure. It's not don't look at it. Don't think about it. If you're in that spot, you're not going to be very good at it, right? Really good mountain climbers aren't afraid to look down, right? If you follow them, they're willing to look at it down. That's a good quote, right? I've never heard that one either. So we're going to use that one. That's quotable. Really good mountain climbers aren't afraid to look down. If they're, they might be afraid to climb the mountain, which I think most mountain climbers do have that. Otherwise they would like to do that, but they're not afraid to look down because they need to know what they're dealing with. So don't be, don't be afraid of that. We talked about stacking the deck. You can cheat. It doesn't have to be a 30 foot chasm that you're leaping across. You can cheat. When I made the jump, Diana talked about her jump. Like she can go find another job. When I made my jump, I talked about, okay, my fallback is I can go find another job. I also worked part-time while I was making that leap so that I had a, I had a less of a leap to be able to make so that we can make sure that we, I, we had income coming up. We could pay the bank every month for our mortgage because they are, they're sticklers about that kind of thing. Then track your progress along the way. I like the idea. We think of a leap of something that's being fast, but sometimes you may have to change directions a little bit in that leap, track it and make sure, you know, okay, this is where my exit strategy might be, or here's where I need to kick in these contingencies or change direction for moving forward. And then the last thing, which I think is a great tip is it's okay to be nervous about this leap that's coming. But if you're going to leap, leap with everything you've got. Don't do it halfway. Don't say, don't go to work one day and then get frustrated and then just suddenly quit their job because that's leaping kind of like suddenly changing direction. You're not going to have enough energy to be able to get over that. Look it in the eye, get yourself ready, right? Spit on your hands, rub them together, get ready to make that jump across the chasm, make the plan, get the people around you that you need to be able to do it and then make the leap. And you know what? You'll probably land okay on the other side. And even if you don't, you'll maybe you'll, you'll still be okay if you plan that carefully. So I think this is a great topic to jump into talking about leaps, make 2023 a leap year for you or this next year. I probably shouldn't have said the year just now because you might listen to this two years from now, make this year a leap year, even if it's not uh, take the leaps that you're thinking about, or at least consider them, look at them in the eye. And if it's not a leap that's safe for you to take, then also be okay with that. And then think about what is the next leap that you should take uh, in your job or in your company. So thanks for joining us here on the People Centric Podcast, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the People Centric Podcast. We are so grateful for you joining us every week. If you like this content, please like and subscribe. Also, feel free to share on your social media with everyone that you know. It really does help us. If you would like to contact us, I have put our information in the show notes. Please reach out anytime. We love hearing from you. We will be back next week with a new topic.